Hey guys, I hope you're having a good day. What is a good day? A good day is one that starts and ends spending time with our wonderful Lord. We're in the book of Titus, living a Christ-centered life in a very self-centered world. And we're looking at verse 15 of chapter 1. Unto the pure, all things are pure. Um, for centuries, this verse has been sadly and widely used to defend selfish and sinful behavior. You don't have to sign up for a course in relativism in our schools today. It's freely taught every chance it gets. Relativism says that truth is whatever people want it to be. If someone thinks certain behavior is pure, then it must be pure. If someone thinks certain activities are wicked, then they must be wicked. Many people believe that whatever someone thinks is actually the truth. To combat this error, Paul is helping Titus deal with the problem of legalistically adding rules and regulations to God's word and the church, especially in regard to dietary laws and regulations. Here's a simple explanation of this verse by a modern-day commentator, Warren Wiersbe, in his B-series. Dietary laws and asceticism were key doctrines to false teachers, and Paul attacked those people in Titus 1.15. It is unfortunate that Titus 1.15 has been so grossly abused by misinformed Christians. Some Christians use it to support their own sinful practices, saying, to the pure, all things are pure, so what I am doing is not wrong. Paul had nothing of this sort in mind when he dictated these words. He was dealing with the problem of clean and unclean foods, as he had in 1 Timothy 4. He is teaching that the believer who knows the word of God receives all food is clean. The unbeliever or the false teacher has a defiled mind and conscience and therefore sees nothing as pure. In fact, instead of the impure foods defiling the heretic, he defiles the food. Moral purity is not a matter of diets. It is a matter of a clean heart and a good conscience. Jesus taught this in Matthew 6, to 23. Okay, what is the difference between a legalist and someone who believes and strives for personal holiness? Those who base their spirituality and relationship with God on what they do or what they don't do are legalistic in their thinking. They think they can earn favor with God by doing or not doing something. Those who seek personal holiness and at times make some of the same lifestyle decisions that others make for legalistic reasons know that God loved them even when they were unsaved and unforgiven. No one earns favor with God. He simply gives it to us because he loves us. How should we respond? We should trust him more and should thank him for his free gift of salvation every day of our lives. Remember... Remember that according to Ephesians 2, 8, 9, God saved us by his wonderful grace when we put our faith in him and what he did to forgive us for our sins. We can't take any credit for this. It's a free gift of God. You see, salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. We are God's masterpiece. Any good we do is only because he has enabled us to do so. In saying that, we are not excused from living a pure and holy life. That still should be our goal. Why? That is the defining question. Our motivation for living pure and holy life should never be to impress others, to make us feel better than others, or to make us feel good about ourselves. The only motivation for holiness that pleases God is just that. It pleases God. God has asked us to live unique, different, holy lives that are normally in conflict with the world's view of life. God did request to us to consider holiness. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. 
How do we choose between right and wrong without falling into legalistic mindset? Here's a list of four questions we need to ask when facing any controversial situation. Number one, is it biblical? Does God's word command it or speak expressly for it? 2 Timothy 3.14, James 1.22. Number two, is it bad? Does God's word forbid it or speak directly against it? Romans 12.9, James 1.14.16. Is it binding? Can you be brought into bondage to it? Can you become so enslaved and addicted that it controls what you do and who you are? That's 2 Peter 2.19 and Romans 6.16. And then number four, is it best? Some issues are hard to discern. Ask yourself if the activity is the best way to help you serve God, serve others, and stay away from temptation, 1 Corinthians 6, 12, and 10, 23. Because the minds and consciences of so many in Crete were defiled, they thought what they thought and did what they did. We cannot separate what we do from what we think. What we think we are. If we think wrong, we will do wrong. A defiled mind and a polluted conscience can be changed, transformed, and renewed in one way, by the washing and purifying of God's truth, the Word of God. How can a young person be clean? By listening to what God has said in His Word. A constant diet of God's Word can change the way we think and change the way we live. Change from self-centered living to Christ-centered life. Lord, I really want to be pure and holy, both in my attitudes and my actions. Please help me and help all those that are meditating with me today to please you. Amen. Well, our time's up for today. This is the day the Lord made. Let's rejoice. Let's be glad in it. And I hope that you have a good day.